You are listening to the Pursuit Church Essay Podcast. We are a group of imperfect, real people on a mission to pursue God and love people. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. You know, when you think about the big days on the Christian calendar, what do we, what do we think about a lot? We think about Christmas, right? Sometimes we you know, uh, kind of think about Good Friday, and of course, what we call the, the Super Bowl of Sundays, Easter, right? Easter changed everything. And those are all important days. They are, absolutely. Uh, every one of them is important. But what we celebrate today, I want to share with you, is equally as important as any of those other days that we celebrate. In fact, some people might even say that it's second, that, that what we're celebrating today is really second only to Easter, if you consider the impact that what happened today, almost 2,000 years ago, had on the lives of the church, of the beginning of the church, and of every believer then and since. What happened today is significant, very significant. You see, today we celebrate this day called Pentecost. Now, Pentecost, the word, it simply means 50th. Okay, and so the current meaning of Pentecost is it occurred the 50th day after the resurrection of Jesus. That is the current celebration when we talk about Pentecost. Because on that day, the life of every believer was changed forever. You, do you realize today your life changed almost 2,000 years ago? You, you weren't here to experience it yet like, like the people that were there that day, but your life was impacted and changed on this day. Now, the original uh, feast was called the feast, or the, the original meaning of Pentecost was, it was called the Feast of Pentecost, or the Feast of Weeks was, was another name for it. And what it represented then was it was 50 days after Passover. Of course, Passover being really the most significant uh, feast that was celebrated. And what it was back then was it was a celebration of the harvest. It was also called a feast of the harvest because what would happen is uh, the people would celebrate the harvest, right? And, and back then they were in agrarian society, basically meaning <laughs> that harvest determined how they were going to live, right? Uh, whether they would have food on their table. And so what happened at Pentecost was they celebrated the harvest, the crops that God brought to them. And then they honored him by giving him the very best of their crops. That's the original meaning of the Feast of Pentecost. But now let's go to the New Testament. After Jesus rose from the dead, then the feast became simply known as Pentecost. So let's, let's look at this new Pentecost. And we read about it in Acts chapter 2. Verses 1 through 4, and this is what it says. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, as the Spirit gave them 
utterance. Will you bow your heads and just pray with me now for a minute? Heavenly Father, will you send your Holy Spirit, even right now, in this moment, to minister to us? Father, open our hearts and our minds to the significance that this day represents in our lives. Father, may your Holy Spirit touch our hearts, and may we leave different than when we came in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. So let me go back a little bit. So Jesus had risen from the dead. And during that time, after his resurrection, he appeared to the disciples many times. Right? In fact, it says three specific. But he actually appeared to over 500 people uh, during the time that he rose from the dead, before he ascended into heaven. And right before he ascended into heaven, Jesus told his disciples to go to Jerusalem to wait for this thing called the Holy Spirit to show up. Now, this was in fulfillment of a promise that Jesus had actually made while he was with them. That promise we can read in John chapter 14, verses 18 through 20. And this is what Jesus told them. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And on that day, that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. You see, Jesus was telling his disciples that he would, in fact, leave the earth physically. But that he wasn't going to leave them alone. He was promising them and us, by the way, that he will always be with us. That's the promise Jesus made that was recorded back in John. Starting on that day, that day is what we celebrate today, the day of Pentecost. This is the day that Jesus told them to go to Jerusalem and wait for the helper, as he called them, the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus did what he was sent to do here on this earth. He came, he died for our sins, he rose again, he paid, and again paid for our sins, and he showed us the way that we should live. That's what Jesus' mission here on this earth was about. But he also knew this. Jesus knew at some point he wasn't going to be on the earth anymore. You see, he knew that. And so all along, God's plan was to leave us with something after Jesus left. What he left us with is what we celebrate today, the Holy Spirit. He left us so that we could be empowered to live out the life that Jesus had died to give us. Okay, you see, that is the significance of Pentecost. That is the significance of Pentecost. It's the Holy Spirit bringing power to live the transformed life that Jesus died to give us. That is what Pentecost is. Can you see why today is so important? You know, I want to I take the analogy. So... Pentecost originally was a feast of the harvest. The harvest is, is, is an indication of, hey, all the sowing, all the reaping, all the things that went into it, now is paying off, right? That's, that's what the harvest is. 
This was the ultimate payoff for you and me. Jesus already died. He he began the transformation process, but he wasn't going to leave us just there because he knew we were going to need power to live out this transformed life that he died to give us. And so this is the payoff. This, This is Jesus bringing to harvest, bringing to completion the work that he started and in the finished work of the cross, he did that. Right then and there, transformation began, right? <laughs> that changed everything. But you see, Pentecost is the finishing, the harvest of the work that Jesus started. Now, there's a difference between information and transformation. Can I, can I get an amen on that? I mean... There's a big difference between information and transformation. You see, there was a, there was a group of people that Jesus actually really, and they were religious people, uh, to be frank, that Jesus had, had a problem with. He had an issue with them. And this group of people was called the Pharisees. And here's the issue that Jesus had with them, primarily. It was that they placed so much emphasis on information, on knowledge, the law, Because they thought that that information and knowledge made them better, holier, uh, closer to God. They they placed all of their hope in information. But the problem was, and what just bugged Jesus beyond no end, was there was no real transformation of their hearts. That's, to be honest with you, that's the thing that frustrated Jesus more than anything else with them because he knew that they knew better. They knew better. And yet they were stuck in this information mindset. See, they would sit there and they would quote the law back to Jesus. Well, this is what the law says. How crazy is that? You have the giver of the law standing in front of them, the fulfiller of the law, and they're sitting there quoting to him information. And Jesus goes, no, you guys aren't getting it. You can have all the information you want, but without transformation, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. No wonder Jesus called them whitewashed tombs. That's how he referred to them. You know what that means? That means they looked really good on the outside, acting really holy and right and thinking they were right. And that all is what they saw on the outside or what they portrayed on the outside, but on the inside, they failed to let the love of Jesus transform their hearts. I wonder if that sounds a little familiar, a little too close to home for some of us. Woo! I mean... Sometimes we can say the right things, right? All the, the Christianese, as, as we call it. Hey, brother, how you doing today? Oh, man, I'm just great. I'm highly favored. I'm good. Everything's just wonderful. God's good. Yeah, God is good. True. And yet, on the inside, things are going on. Some of us are... Popping pills and stuff to calm our stomach and 
stuff to calm our lives, stuff to calm our souls. That's what's going on on the inside. While the outside, we're talking about all this other stuff. Or maybe, maybe you've seen people that are acting all holy on the outside, but you know what's going on in their real life. Don't you? I would challenge us with this question today, and this is really what I've come to ask you. Are you living from a place of information or transformation? That's what God sent me here today to ask you and to preach. A life of transformation is what Jesus is after. In other words, do you know about Jesus but don't really know him? Do you know about God but don't really know God? You've yet to let the transforming power of Jesus grab your heart. That's the power of Pentecost. You know, I think it's easy to fall into the trap, and and I do believe it's a trap, of thinking that if we get more information, then our lives will somehow be better. You know, it's been said that we live, tell me if you've heard these words, we live in the information age. Anybody ever heard that? Right now we're living in the, we are bombarded with information. Oh my gosh. From every source, right? It's been said that we live in the information age. Maybe you've heard this one. Knowledge is power. Have you ever heard that? Knowledge is power. Information age, that's the message that the world keeps sending to us. And guess what? In the church, as believers, we can fall right into that trap very easily if we're not careful. We think, oh man, if I just listen to another podcast, if I just attend another Bible study, If I just go to that next Christian concert, somehow I'm going to find the key to living a better life. Come on, anybody else beside me kind of, we could fall into that trap, man. Now, there's nothing really wrong with any of those things I just mentioned. But I'm here to tell you there's only one way, one way to true transformation. And that is through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the only way to live a transformed life. Come on. Yes. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, we cannot live a transformed life. We cannot. And neither could the people that received it that day almost 2,000 years ago. They couldn't live out the transformed life that Jesus had died for without the Holy Spirit. And that's why Jesus promised to give it to them and to us. This is what it said. This is what Jesus said as recorded in John chapter 14, verse 26. It says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have said to you. Wow. Just like Jesus promised he would at Pentecost, God gave the disciples and all the believers. If you remember that scripture, it said everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is available to everybody in this room. Everybody. 
And as we just read, the purpose of the Holy Spirit would be to teach us and to remind us. That's what Jesus said. I'm going to give you the helper to teach you and to remind you. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, Paul very clearly tells us that there's certain things that we can only know through the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot learn them any other way. You can read every book you want. You can watch every, listen to every podcast you'd like. You can go to every uh, seminar you want. And there are certain things that only the Holy Spirit will be able to teach us. John 16, 13 also says this. It says, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into what? All truth. All truth. You see, no podcast can ever give you the wisdom and discernment and truth that we freely can have through the Holy Spirit. It's a freebie. All we have to do is be ready to receive it and listen You know, if we're going to live transformed lives, we need the Holy Spirit to teach us the truth. The truth with, as my bride says, capital T, truth. Not the truth of the world, but God's truth. And we can only know God's truth through the power and discernment of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way you get it. You see, the Pharisees had all kinds of knowledge, didn't they? They knew the scriptures backwards and forwards. They knew every law, 600 and whatever of them, most of which they made up themselves. To be honest with you, God only gave us 10 and a couple other ones. Most of those laws they were quoting were things that they had invented to try and help God. <laughs> and the Pharisees had all this knowledge and information, and yet they lacked one thing. They lack the power of the Holy Spirit to live transformed lives. You see, it's not about knowing the Bible. It's about putting into practice what's in it. And we simply can't do that without the help of the Holy Spirit. The book of James tells us we ought to be doers of the word, not just hearers. We can hear it all day. We can do 100 podcasts if you want. But if you don't do What Jesus asks us to do in his word, we're missing out. We're missing out on a transformed life. Galatians 5 talks about how the spirit helps produce fruit in us. It talks about things like love and joy and peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I'm here to tell you, you cannot have any of that fruit without the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life. It is not possible. So when you find yourself saying, why can't I be more self-controlled? Why why do I keep doing the same things I've been doing? Paul asked himself that question. (laughs) And Paul recognized that on his own, he can't. And he shared that with us. He said, you've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the thing. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to have that fruit. You can't just go grow your own little orchard of fruit in those things without the power of the Holy Spirit. It can't be done. Now, having said that, a transformed life is a journey. It's, you don't arrive at, okay, boom, boom, I got Jesus, got, got the Holy Spirit, done. No, it doesn't work that way, does it? 
That process is actually another fancier word called sanctification. When you hear that word, that's all it means, is that we're learning how to live out this new life in Christ. And it is a journey, but that's why we need the Holy Spirit to help us and to teach us how to live out this transformed life, how to reveal to us our own issues, right? Hey, Bob, you're not there yet in this arena. Come on, let me show you. Let me teach you. Let me remind you. You see, the Holy Spirit is here to remind us what God teaches in his word. And guess what? We all need reminders, don't we? We all need reminders. And I need a reminder to take out the trash. What are you, what are you talking about? I mean, much less how to live a spirit-filled, empowered life. I need reminders. And that's one of the promises that Jesus gave us that the Holy Spirit would do for us. It would help bring to our memory and remind us. Living a transformed life, though, I'll warn you now, goes against culture. It goes against what the world is telling you. Remember, information, information, information. Just do one more thing. Just get this. Just get that. Just read the next book. Just, just go. No. Living a transformed life goes against culture. Because we're bombarded daily with what the world says is truth. Have you ever heard something that just didn't feel right? That's the Holy Spirit reminding you of what's really true. And, and the radar is going up of, that ain't the truth. Right? That's part of what the Holy Spirit is there to do. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit reminds us that, about what Jesus taught. So that when we get that gut feeling that something just doesn't sound right, that very well could be the Holy Spirit reminding you and teaching you. You know, Ephesians 4.29 says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every other form of malice, and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ. God forgave you. Now, when we say something that doesn't line up with Ephesians 4.29, and I'd say Ephesians 4.29 is a good example of what it looks like to live a transformed life, right? But sometimes we're not there, right? So when you find yourself not saying something, or saying something you shouldn't, or maybe not saying something you should, or something that doesn't line up with Scripture, sometimes we'll immediately feel some conviction. Now, conviction is not condemnation. I want to be really clear. Conviction is just that Holy Spirit saying, "Eh, that's not quite right. Right? That's what's going on. We need to learn to listen to his voice because, as we've just read, when we don't listen, it actually kind of grieves that relationship with the Holy Spirit. He's, He's a gentleman. He's only going to come where he's invited. Remember that. You need to invite him to speak to you. Okay? Now, some people will say, what well, I've never heard that voice. I don't, what are you talking about? I, I never hear God convicting me. I would challenge that statement. If, if, if that's you, okay, 
But I'm, I'm going to challenge you a little bit. Is that all right? Is that all right if we kind of do that here for a minute? Because you see, the Holy Spirit is a gift sent by God on that day of Pentecost to, what did it say? All believers. It's available and is for every single, not just someone up on this stage, not somebody serving in kids. No, it's available for every believer. You see, the Holy Spirit is a gift sent by God. And it's always, the Holy Spirit is always at work. There's a scripture where Jesus says, my father is always at work. Well, we have Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. We believe that they're one. So trust me, if God is always at work, the Holy Spirit is always at work. The question is, are we going to listen for his voice? So let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Say somebody says something to you. And right away, it makes you feel not so good. Might even say it makes you feel bad or and or causes you to become defensive. Although I would say it really doesn't cause you to be defensive. You're just being defensive. Right? Oh, it got a little quiet. And here's what happens. So instead of taking what they say into consideration, saying, hmm, I wonder if there's some truth to what I just heard. We immediately dismiss it. So, no, man, that's just someone trying to make me feel bad. That's, that's the devil coming at me. Okay. Well, here's, here's what could be the reality of things, though. Let's say what that person said to you actually is grounded in truth. It actually lines up with God's word. It's actually legit. But you just didn't want to hear it. Right? I didn't want to hear it. That could have been a word from God. The Holy Spirit ministering, teaching, reminding. But we have to be ready to receive it. But here's what happens when we just kind of dismiss it and blow it off. One, it, be, it can harden our hearts. Right? Because the, here's the Holy Spirit speaking truth, speaking truth, but we didn't want to hear it. And the more we do that, it can lead to a hardening of our hearts. But also, as, as we read earlier... That actually grieves the Holy Spirit because we're refusing to listen. We're refusing the correction that he's trying to send. Not condemnation. He's trying to send correction to us. You know, on that day of Pentecost, after all the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter stood up and gave probably one of the greatest sermons ever recorded in Scripture. And part of that sermon, Peter was speaking the truth. He was just saying, hey, this is the deal. Y'all crucified the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. But despite that, he rose from the dead. He's, he's, he is speaking truth to the people. And you know, that crowd could have done what I described a minute. I guess, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. No, that Jesus wasn't the real deal. No, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fine. I'm just going to keep living my Jewish law. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. No, they, that could have been their reaction. But that's not what happened. Instead of hardening their hearts, Acts chapter 2, verses 36 through 38 tells us that their hearts were cut. 
that their hearts were touched. They let the Holy Spirit minister to them, teach them. And as a result, over 3,000 people came to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ in that one day. One of the greatest moments in the history of the church was the beginning. And that was the beginning of the church. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you allowed the Holy Spirit to bring conviction and transformation to your life? When was the last time you did that? My friends, if you're a believer, JP, you can come. If you're a believer, a born-again follower of Jesus, you have a powerful gift that's been given to you called the Holy Spirit. Tap into that free gift. Tap into it. Allow the spirit of truth to transform your life. And as you do that, this will ensure or help to ensure that you don't become deceived by the ways of the world where it's easy to live out of information. It's easy to live out of our emotions, our feelings. You see, like I said earlier, a transformed life is a journey. And if you're willing to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you, you can live and have the transformed life that Jesus died to give you. Now, he may do that through a sermon in church. He may do that through passages in the Bible. He may do that by sending someone to speak to you and to reveal truth. And if you're willing to allow that Holy Spirit to to do his work, to reveal truth about yourself, he'll help you change. You don't have to do it on your own. In fact, don't do it on your own. Doing it on your own is a recipe for disaster. Let me just say that right now. Trying to live a transformed life in your own strength, your own power, your own devices is a recipe for disaster because Jesus never intended you to live that life on your own. He promised to give you the Holy Spirit. That's how you live a transformed life. And then you can move from information to transformation. That's the power of Pentecost. The people at that time learned that I can't live this life that Jesus just died to give me. I can't keep on the transformation that he brought with his resurrection. I can't keep doing that on my own. And Jesus knew that. And that's why he promised them and us this thing called the Holy Spirit. You see, when we allow the Holy Spirit to work things out in us, it helps us realize that our time, our talent, Our treasure, everything belongs to God. It helps us to remember that we've only been given these things to build his kingdom here on earth for his glory and for his service. 
And that's the only way that we really find real peace and real joy in a real transformed life. Let me ask you this. Are you ready? Are you ready to stop living on the surface? Just gathering more information, listening to another podcast, gathering you just more things that make you feel like you, you know more. Are you ready for real transformation? If you are, then let me borrow the words of the Apostle Paul. You see, we've been dealing with this from the beginning of time. Paul was dealing with it with the people he was preaching to back then. And this is the formula that Paul gave to them and to us. It's found in Romans chapter 12. And I don't think we necessarily have it on the screen. You need to go home and commit this verse to your memory banks. Because this is the key to living a transformed life. Paul said, do not be conformed to the ways of this world. Don't fall into the information trap. Don't think that information is going to save you. Information is not going to save you. There's a Savior that came to save you. And so in the second part, Paul says, so first he says, don't be conformed. Don't fall into the trap of the world thinking that information is where it's at. No. Instead, be transformed That's the wording used. Be transformed. And how do we become transformed? By the renewing of our minds. And my friends, your mind cannot be renewed to live a transformed life without and apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the key to living a transformed life. Would you do me a favor? Would you all just stand up right now? I wonder, is there anyone here that needs the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? If you do, would you come right in front of this stage right now and let us pray together? If you need the power of the Holy Spirit, will you just come right now? To the front of the, I believe everybody in this place needs the power of the Holy Spirit to live the transformed life that God and Jesus died to give you. Will you come right now? On the day of Pentecost, people gathered when they heard the word preached by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as I'm praying for us now, would you just extend your hands and would you just ask for the Holy Spirit to give you the power to live a transformed life in your own way, in your own language. What was beautiful that day is that it says multiple languages were spoken and and the people that heard it were able to understand it. So I'm asking right now that you ask the Holy Spirit 
to help you understand what it means to live a transformed life. Let me just pray for us. Heavenly Father, we love you. And God, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that you have sent to every believer to live a transformed life so that we can become like your son, Jesus. God, will you just help us to move from information about you to living in a deeper relationship with you. God, we want all that you have. We don't just want what's on the surface. We just don't want information. God, we want transformation. Father, forgive us for settling for surface level knowledge or or things that the world tries to throw at us and somehow believing that that is enough. God, you've told us that you are enough and only you. So God, will you help us to live this new empowered life, this life of transformation in Jesus' name. Now with every eye closed and every head still bowed, I wonder if there's somebody today that hasn't yet made that decision to follow Jesus. You're feeling right now that that your time has come just like 3,000 of the people did on the day of Pentecost. They recognized that was their day. That was their day to begin following Jesus. I wonder, is there somebody here today is your day? You've tried to change things on your own. You've tried to, to live this life in your own way. And you've come to the realization today that without the Holy Spirit, you can't. Without Jesus as the Lord of your life, you can't live another minute. If that's you, on the count of three, would you just slip your hand up really quickly so that we know and I know who we're praying for today? One, Jesus, we love you. Two, Holy Spirit, come right now and fill our hearts. Three, Jesus, slip your hand up really quickly. If today's your day, beautiful, so beautiful. Now, can we all just pray this together? First for ourselves as a renewal, as a renewal of what the transformed life looks like for ourselves, but can we also pray in support for people whose today is their day? Will you just say this with me? Dear God, thank you for your faithful love, compassion, and mercy. I ask you to forgive me. I do believe that Jesus died for my sin and that he rose from the dead. Today I give you my heart. Be the Lord of my life and help me grow closer to you. Help me to live a transformed life. In Jesus' name.
If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give at PursuitChurchSA.com give. Thank you for listening and remember to follow us to enjoy more messages like this.